Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Uh, and this is the Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast. In this episode, I chat with Peter Wynant from um, Adapt Brand about the new range just released of Adapt Brand skates, the Rivali, the Brutali, uh, the GTO and GT, upgraded versions, and <laughs> the mother of them all, what they're calling the masterpiece, the Superleggera. We chat about the vision uh, of Adapt Brand and its, its vibe and culture. We talk about Peter's own um, history and passion and personal uh, investment in this brand Um, and then we drill down into some details about what's changed, what's new and what on earth is the deal with this uh, super legera masterpiece escape. It was a super fun conversation. I hope you find it fun too. Um, An emotional um, collection for 2020 to be honest like um Last year, 2019, was a bit of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, um, but we stayed, like, tried to keep everything, like, uh, focus on, on positive things and and uh, work our way to improving all our products and coming up with new ideas even. So, yeah, I'm really glad that it all turned out to be, like, yeah, well received to be honest. Like that's that's always fun to hear from people that they, they love it. Yeah. So, so you yeah. share a little bit of your personal story on the the website. I think on the page with the for the the masterpiece. Yeah, um, yeah with the Superleggera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so you you have been involved with design of different products for a long time and yeah. skate design in one kind or another for a long time. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, but then the last few years you've had personal very happy moments recently in your personal romantic life, some very difficult moments um, in your personal family life, and then also some uncertainty in your which direction to take work and adapt brand. Do you want to speak a little bit, share a little bit about each of those? Because I, I don't yeah, know, it's a yeah, personal yeah, brand, isn't it? And so our relationship with the brand is in a little way also our relationship with you guys, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, I think that's the way we do adapt, you know, we, we run it like, uh, like it's, yeah, it's our own basically. And, and with customers, we try to stay on, on kind of the same page. So a lot of the good customers, they kind of know what we're going through at, at some times because we're just honest about stuff like this. So yeah, um, I think last year was, uh, so my mom passed away. And she was basically like a really big inspiration um, for me through, throughout the years, especially for um, choosing a path in, in my role-playing career, basically, um, where most of the people would say like, hey, get a good job and just make sure you, you earn your money and, and that you're secure. 
my mom basically was the opposite of this. So <laughs> she basically showed me like, hey, you only get this one life and just make sure that whatever you do, that you're fully committed to it. And yeah, that was like last year. I think it was two years, actually, to be honest, I think it was two years ago where I kind of almost quit everything. So I wanted to quit adapt. Um, I wanted to just do something else because I had the feeling like I had all these skills built up over the years. Um, funny because I, I made all those skills happen because I wanted to be the best skate builder there was. And But now I, it felt like off. So I didn't feel like I was in a good spot, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and that was basically because I was part-time working for, well, part-time, I was actually full-time working for another company as well. So it was a really difficult situation. So at one point I almost decided to quit and I went to uh, work for a, a car company in Holland, but only for two days. So they almost put me, well, they actually wanted me to be running the full carbon division. And those cars sell for like, I think it's between 250,000 euros and 300,000 euros. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy to, yeah, and Olga was checking if she would leave her job basically to follow me to kind of do this. And after doing like some, um, how do you say it? Like, um, what they did some tests, like I had to make, build some stuff in carbon and, um, just as a test basically. And then they didn't say anything if it was good or not. So first test I had to do by the book. And then the second test, they took the book away basically. Um, and I had to do it on my own. And then the, the day after, that was like in two days, and then the day after, the, the boss from the company called me up and he said, like, what, what did you change? And I said, well, I kind of felt like the first thing, the piece, it was a really big piece in, in full carbon that I had to make. And I said, like, hey, I felt like maybe we could, like, change some stuff. And so I did. And then it was like two kilograms lighter and stiffer and stronger. So basically with this, the, the, the boss said like, you can come work for us and basically run the entire carbon division based on these two days. And it was really flattering, but that's the moment I realized I don't want to work for anybody anymore because I know, I know how I, I worked all my life to get to this point, which basically now I can harvest, you know, like yeah. all the years I put in is basically working towards this right now. So I had one talk with my mom, like, hey, am I going to abandon this? And she was like, you were built for making skates. So if you abandon this, like, sure, it could work. But you invested... I don't know, like 28, 28 years basically in, in skating and are you just going to give that up? So yeah, after that talk, I kind of had the, the, the go on just going with my crazy ideas basically and just, yeah, keep, 
keep doing blading and creating yeah cool stuff basically so that's what I'm doing right now so I quit my job <laughs> the week after and um, on good manners because um, the company I was working for was a, a speed skate company yep. and they learned me a lot of stuff and I think they learned from me as well so um, but I was at a really cool, good position over there, um, especially with the, with the boss. So when I told him I was going to quit, he said, like, well, it was kind of due because they know how I am, you know. And he, they also manufacture pieces for Adept, basically, because they're so such a big company. They can CNC. That's why you can do all these crazy stuff, you know, like with the CNC machining. Yeah. That's all thanks to that company. And... We're still kind of half based over there, so it's like we went our separate ways as friends, basically, and um, so now I'm a customer, basically, uh, with them. So which is yeah, really cool. So so 2019, I actually yeah started working for the first time in nine years again on my own. Um, yeah, taking. I don't see it as a risk. So basically, we built up the company for nine years, taking zero money out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And now is the time, uh, I would say, to go all in and just do what I love to do. And uh, yeah, the new Superleggera is the, the kind of, yeah, um, how do you say it? The creation to start this new, I don't know, ideas that I have. I'm just going to build it and share it kind of with the world and people that are interested in it they can get it and uh, yeah for other people we just have our normal collection still going and it's going strong so yeah so we should say i mean at this, that point obviously we're the blading community is really pleased to have you guys continue with adapt but also we should honor your mum for everything including her encouragement for you to keep going with it i think that needs to be said sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's it, it. Is true though. Like, um, yeah, because of her, I, 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 she bought me. She was the biggest sponsor to rollerblading. It's crazy. Like, I think at one point I calculated I had over 130 pairs of skates that she bought because I would ask for bearings, and she would be like, "What if you get new skates? Then you can kind of test those and see how that works." And and that was the attitude, you know. She was like. She would not buy stuff for herself, but buy it for her kids, and not not to for us to be like uh, how do you say it um, spoiled. Mm. But she would believe in in my ideas, and, and she would just support it fully, like full on. And yeah, whatever I wanted to do in rollerblading, she was down with it. So that's yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So so I, I I guess you guys are making decisions about what you can how you see the business working to support you fully. Um, but uh, I imagine as well part of the challenge with that decision is also uh, running a, an elite hobby business in a sense has a nice safeguard for integrity, doesn't it? Because you can say we do what we think the brand needs, not what we need to pay the bills. This is This is a new season where you'll be watching that closely, I imagine, to make sure that you're making decisions that make sense for your livelihood, but also can keep the integrity of the adaptive yeah, project. Um, 
Yeah, to be honest, if, if, if I wanted to live from a debt, I, I could have like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't do it because of we didn't want to make decisions based yeah. on um, money. So, for example, oh, we can we cannot do this uh, piece of uh, uh, frame because it's too expensive, or you know, we'll have to cut costs. So, to get one thing straight, that's never gonna be the case with a debt. Only the opposite. So, me living from this right now is basically um, we kind of figured out a way to do this. So Olga, uh, my wife now actually. Congratulations. Um, she, <laughs> yeah, thanks. She um, really likes to cook, and she's like a chef cook basically. And that's kind of also her hobby, but it's also her job now. So basically, for now, this like she decided I'm just gonna focus more on this, and we'll skate like and like Olga's working like on the side on on adapt to do with the website and everything. But um, basically, we can live out of this one um, salary, yep. and everything else, like the rent and stuff, Adapt is paying for this, which is normal, you know, mm. because our house is basically made for Adapt. So it's <laughs> everything has like carbon everywhere. Like we live okay, but it's like yeah, it's it, the house is uh, how do you say it accommodated to for making skates basically. Um, so yeah, so adapters paying the rent and uh, yeah, but basically we still, actually if you look at it like this, I'm actually still not living <laughs> from adapt mm-hmm. um, because it's our baby, you know, we, we, we don't want to, um, we want to still keep it growing and not just um, live up money, you know, that's not what, what, what we're in for. Um, yeah, it's it's way too personal adapt for us. It's it's, it's closer adapt. maybe to like a family farm. It's just you're farming skates exactly. instead of farming yeah, yeah. Um, wine or Wait. something. Yeah, and it's it's. I've always said this to Olga. Adapt. Like at one point where I said maybe we should quit, I was like, but adapt is my way out of the normal life routine. It's yeah. without adapt is basically me. It's me. It's. Um, I'm behind all of this and if I wouldn't have this I would just go crazy because it's my creative outlet basically um, so yeah we, we decided like okay so Olga uh, will focus on, on like doing her thing and um, helping out as much as he can with adapt and then I'm basically free to come up with whatever I kind of want to and have like a solid base with the customers which is really important um, that the people that actually support Adapt feel like they're part of it, you know. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, yeah. I, I don't think, um, I, I know your reference is to um, cars and and, um, uh, yeah. and high-spec cars, but um, in some ways I think another way is we begin to talk about skates and, and your ethos with skates is, I don't know yeah. if you think it's a, a, a fair comparison, but a little bit like in the history of uh, the development of Apple, um, yeah. Apple and PC, you know, the, the original question was, uh, you know, Steve Wozniak said to Steve Jobs, oh, we need, um, we need more ports so people can customise, so people can customise our computers more and mm-hmm. add things in. That's what people want to do. And Steve Jobs said, yeah. no, we're going to make things 
the way we think is best um, and beautiful and and we'll just give a limited amount of ports in our computers because we're convinced that the people who want to use our computers want to use the way we have envisioned computers to be. And in some ways, yeah. it seems to me that that's a lot what ADAPT is like. It's not you being uh, kind no, of no, arrogant or disrespectful yeah. of the customer. It's just saying this is the product we're making, and if you want to do that, that's great. There are other computers which are PC with lots of ports, yeah. lots of customizability. That's just not what we're doing. Is that, do you think that's a fair analogy? Yeah, that is spot on, actually. Um, I have to say, like, <laughs> that's spot on, actually. Um, it's cool that you kind of noticed that. Um, so I have, like, two things that come to mind when, when uh, why, like, so one of the things is, like, um, so they don't use the car, the race car drivers to create the cars mm. because they would turn out to be shit. Um, they have the constructors making the car, basically, and then the race car drivers, they drive it because they are good at driving the cars fast. So the same kind of goes to adapt. When I would listen to, don't get me wrong, like we do listen, <laughs> yeah. but if I'm built to make skates, you know, if not everybody can do that, it's, it's, um, yeah, that it, it is what what you were saying. Like, yeah, that's yeah, totally true, actually. And so um, that comes down to where's the cuff, where's the liner? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's true. It's like, um, look, the way I see it is like there's a lot of options already on the market. So you have like the cheaper ones, you have the mid-range uh, skates, then you have like the high-end skates, but still made in a different order than like adapt um, and then you have adapt basically and adapt is um, it's our ideas and we know if I like it I've been skating for a very long time and I'm really strict on like how a skate should feel and if it's not good then it's you know it's not right um, so basically yeah we went above and beyond to find out what is the perfect way to um, secure that, for example, your body can take this sort of abuse, basically, um, for longer times, you know, or a longer period in your life. Um, because I had multiple injuries uh, due to skating or uh, motorcycle crashes, um, and then I had to adjust or adapt, basically, to... Um, yeah, the stuff that, like, injuries, you know? Yeah. And one of the things was um, my foot, like, all the, uh, how do you say, the internals got ripped off in my foot because of a motorcycle crash. And I couldn't uh, walk for a year, basically. I was, like, in a wheelchair. And I wanted to skate, like, really bad. And I tried on my uh, normal skates that I had at the time, which had an hinged cuff. And it didn't work, like, because of the, the damage in my leg and then, or in my foot, basically, ankle. And then I got my old shadows back uh, from the attic. And those had, like, the, the, the cuff, which they said, like, the bamboo flex uh, type of thing. Yeah. And that actually worked for me. So together with a strap, because it had a more, it, it hurt in the beginning, but then it had a more natural flex to it, um, not just this 
on and off and type of flex. And I actually started skating again uh, with these skates. Uh, um, and that's when I kind of came up with the idea, like, okay, let's do some research um, on how the, the body like actually moves and what is okay with movements. Because if you take a lot of impact or you jump from, I don't know, stairs and stuff, you basically are putting your body through a lot of like abuse. Yeah. Even with just running, you're giving it a lot of abuse basically. And to keep this like uh, uh, to an, a minimum the abuse, we kind of created this open shell structure um, that helps you with this basically. And I think a lot of older skaters they they get it. One once you're once you get used to it you know that it's like, oh, okay, like it, it totally makes sense. And then when you go back, it's weird to go back to like, a, for example, a hinged cuff or something like this. Um, so yeah, but we put a lot of thought into it. It's not like we, this is it, this is, we're limited to this. To be honest, if we would make a cuff, it would make our life more easy because it's easier to build, to build mm -hmm. a low carbon shell than a high one. So yeah. yeah. Let's, but let's, we're sticking to our guns, so that's, that's like, <laughs> yeah, and like everybody can say what they want. Like, man, if, if they would skate with, for example, the, the years of experience I have, and they would try out, for example, the Superleggera and their perfect size, man, there's no way anybody can deny that that it's working like there is no way otherwise i wouldn't be able to skate with it you know it's yeah man i think i think one of the things i'd say when i see some of the reactions to you guys stuff is i kind of want to say first of all there's a someone's personality you know and and i've chatted with you a little yeah. heard you speak a little you've got a way of talking that some people might find as you know serious and measured some people go, oh, he's not happy and smiley enough. That's not to say you're not a person who's emotional. That's just you. Second, there's speaking with a, you know, a, a, I don't know if English is your second or third language. That's a difference. And then thirdly, you're explaining a unique vision. And so when you're dealing with a particular person, speaking in a second or third language, explaining a particular vision, don't be surprised yeah. if they're not going to be necessarily saying exactly what you expect anyway you know i just i just feel like a lot of the reactions to adapt are very um reactive instead of and anyone who actually takes enough time to understand the brand sees the place yeah. the brand has in the in the larger uh, industry yeah I, I think but that's i to be fair like that's i think it's normal like if yeah. you if you compare it in like percentages like maybe adapt is 5%, you know, uh, out of the other 95% of uh, types of skates that are out there. So basically, we're going to get those 5% of people that actually really love it. Get it. And then you have the other 95% that are going to, I don't know, maybe they haven't tried it or or they tried the wrong size or or whatever. Like, it's their... That's fine. Yeah. You know, it's... You don't have to... You don't have to like it. It's just like... And... and yeah, I'm kind of like, if you don't like it, like, there's no need to basically, I don't know. Yeah, the internet, the internet does what the internet does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but so how does to someone... be honest, like, the, the less time I spend on it, like, Olga normally does social media. Yeah. Um, because it gets away in my being creative, like, um, it sucks up a lot of time and energy if you also want to do social media. And I'm a skate builder. I don't, 
I don't. I want to make a good product, basically, and and that's what my focus should be on. You know, to, to make a very cool product for people that really like this stuff. You know, and um, I do feel like a lot of customers that we have, they keep buying adapt basically. So once they kind of committed to it, they know how I am. Like I have a sort of weird humor. Um, <laughs> And some people get it. Other people just really don't get it. That's what um, I was trying to say before. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But it's, you know, um, when I was a kid, I, I used to, I loved rollerblading. It's like I've, I've, I'm part of this as well. You know, I, I, everybody makes jokes, but now I'm not allowed anymore. You know, so it's yeah. kind of like, hey, man, I'm, I'm still like myself, basically. And OK, I run a company, but come on, I'm not selling like millions worth of skates. So basically the, the company as what we do is very professional. But then when I comment something, it's also my personal opinion, basically. Uh, and, skate our own brand and, and that's part yeah. of the good thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, like sometimes I, we, we have an opinion. So it's not like we're like, oh, no, we're out to get more likes, basically. And that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to us. It's like we're real. We're not like doing what everybody else is. They're following. I'm not following. I, I don't follow. Okay, just... so let's, let's talk that then. So um, what's your opinion about so two things that you guys have done recently uh, which reflect something of trends in the larger industry? is uh, the version 4 frame with wheel wells and sole plate allowing a larger wheel, 65 mil, and yeah. now the aluminium frames, uh, including mm -hmm. progressive. Uh, they're things that the larger industry has grown in interest in. So yeah. are you leading? Are you following? What's better, 60 flat or 65? Um, what's, what's better for aggressive plastic or aluminium? What, what's your convictions on those, on those two those two? things that are recent yeah. things for you guys yeah that's that's pretty interesting so i would say it's all very personal to um that's why we we try to give those options um and it's nice that there are more options out there basically for customers so everybody is spoiled right now because people are doing way more technology within rollerblading than there is even budget like to spend on stuff like and it seems like people are really motivated in making a lot of cool stuff, which I can only applaud, basically, which is pretty cool. Um, so in my opinion, um, I prefer the look of having a, a solid, clean product. Um, I also prefer the look and sound, which is important to me, of skating flat. Um, it gives a, a sort of extra... I don't know, a bit of extra to it. It's not a toy, you know. Mm. It's 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 well constructed. It looks cool. Um, one of the things my sister would say when they when she was uh, watching a skate is like they all look so plasticky. Like everything looks so plastic. And I would get new skates, and I was like super hyped. Like I got the new Salomon's SD90s, and I was like, oh yeah, these look amazing. And then. I showed it to my sister and she was like, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. She wasn't not convinced.
And she was like, yeah, they all kind of look kind of the same. And, and then sometimes she, when I got a different pair, she was like, okay, that, that looks pretty cool. And I kind of valued that also very important. Like as an outsider, it should also look very professional. When I look to cycling or any other sport, sure, they have like the, 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 the common general whatever um, bikes, but they also have really nice stuff that, that you know, that looks really good. Yeah. And when you hear somebody just clacking and rattling around on anti-rockers, sure, it's fun for our niche market, but it doesn't look that nice or doesn't sound that nice. So for me, I prefer like a very solid, clean skate. Um, so coming to the point of, for example, with the wheels, that's an opinion. Like if you're, if you're starting out with flat, please maybe try the 60s first or if you have if you don't have the symmetric spring try like a 58 with like a bullet shaped profile or pointy profile anything to make it easier for you um, to land your tricks basically and then learn from this you know we don't have to be able to skate everything at once immediately you know skating flat is like i don't know you, you have to well the learning um, i think with the if flat and an adapt skate yeah, 55, 58, the uh, rounded profile or pointy profile, so you can learn to not rely on bending the plastic skate with your ankles um, yeah. as well as riding flat. You know, you, there's these two things you're learning, to, to royale with your knees yeah. and, exactly. and yeah. not rely on the extra um, tolerance that anti-rocker gives you. So that you've got to learn that to then yeah. realise once you've learned that, it's not that hard. No, it isn't. Like we, we all did it when back in the day. I was skating flat. Like I didn't know there were anti rockers. Like I think I I, I discovered anti rockers in what like maybe in 1999 or something. I don't know. I've been skating since '92. So basically, that was what it was. It was just you got skates and they had normal wheels and they had even like 72 millimeter was kind of like the the benchmark. You know, that was the normal wheel size back in the day. So what was what was um, Sem's experience skating those huge BMX parks with Feast? Um, was that part of the conversation as well? Him saying because a lot of those guys ride just a slightly bigger yeah. wheel, don't they? In the, to to just keep yeah, up yeah. The speed in those courses. Well, basically, what you're saying is is exa exactly right again. So the reason why we made the aluminium frame is basically Sem. Um, so <laughs> we. Because he's okay, tall so too, right? He's bringing a lot of extra weight and height onto those boots too, isn't he? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. He is, and he, he's been testing. Like he's our test mule, basically. He 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 lives close to us, so basically he gets all the stuff first, and he tries out a lot of stuff. And then, um, so when we started Adapt, the idea was first wheel, then frame, then boot, and we did it all the way round we first did boot then uh, i think frame and then wheel basically um but the first drawings of the frames were actually like uh, a cnc machined aluminium frame um, with plastic sliders on the side and it was going to be a 72 millimeter with the wheels all the way up into the sole plate um, we didn't release it because at the time First, we, we spent way too much focus on, on the boot first. And then uh, we wanted to maybe release it. The time 
was not right for expensive frames. That's one. Mm -hmm. And then also, uh, PowerSlide just announced the PowerBlade frames, and they also had like the 72 millimeters. So this is coming to the point where we don't, we do not like to copy. So basically, PowerSlide kind of came out with all its stuff, and we just put it into the fridge. We're like, okay, we're not gonna do this because we're a small company still growing. If we come out even on the same trade show with this stuff, we're gonna be the copycats. And I never liked that idea. So every time we, we, we're not doing something, it's because of people are trying to copy it. And the same with the bullet-shaped wheels. At one point we had Chimera and I came up with this uh, wheel for aggressive and our first Chimera line under me and Olga was the bullet-shaped profile that now a lot of other people copied and we stopped producing because we're like, okay, so everybody is doing it, we're getting out. Um, yeah, because I don't know why we do that stuff, but that's the way. <laughs> and so you can bring in an aluminium frame, but it's part of this larger line that you're releasing. So it's not just what's new for Adapt, only one thing, another aluminium frame. But it's actually, no, this is part yeah. of a whole new step forward on, on several fronts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with the frames. It's basically they're full on the same identical dimensions as towards what you will feel with grinding. Um, which was very important for me because we kind of hit, how do you say it, the nail on the head or the head on the nail no, no. <laughs> with flat frame. Yeah. So we have a, quite a large following with that frame. So I wanted to, first we, we developed a new plastic for it because in the beginning we had a bit of sometimes with the heat, depending on where we would sell them, that they would warp a bit sometimes, yeah. depending, like it's hard to check, inspect the plastic quality, to be honest, because um, it's not like we do this on purpose. But sometimes a batch would turn out to be perfect, and the other times, like, I don't know, something in the mixture of the plastics was different. Um, so then we sometimes had a frame that would warp a bit, like on the spacer or something. So we, we always try to address it uh, if a customer would complain about it. Um, but now we developed a new plastic together with a company in Germany um, that just kind of promised us like a way better plastic. Um, and even when we CNC machine it, we can see it comes out like super clean. Um, and it feels like, yeah, it feels way more solid. Um, so I think that a lot of people will be happy with this. Um, and then the aluminium frame, we kind of see as like, it's not like a step up basically it's like what do you prefer if you want like a full-on street frame that you can just shred on and, and throw away after I don't know, a half year of skating um sure the plastic will do it's fine it's perfect it's a very solid frame but then you have these people like for example sam who are like hey man he's been skating on the hypers he knows how that feels and then he wants every like every stride, every push he takes in the park or whatever, he wants it to count. So basically no flex in the frame. Yeah. So that's why we changed the idea to making like a frame, but I didn't want to make just a normal aluminum frame because people are doing this already. So that's, that's fine, that's cool. Like if you're into this type of frames and 
you know who to support, which is fine. And then we do what we love to do, and that's like a good street skate frame, basically, but now just made more hardcore for, I don't know, um, yeah, just a better frame to for speed and whatever, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, new skate line, let's one... So we've got the uh, the the Rival replaces the the Vegan, the Brutal yeah. or advances on the Brutal replaces the Stealth. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of similar things. But I noticed even just uh, like the little shelf of um, uh, Nubik around the toe that would sometimes peel a mm-hmm. little. That that's that's gone now on these new skates. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's gone. We we basically we, we did listen <laughs> to customers. Um, they said when exactly you're right with with the front protection piece that was in in the beginning that was there on the stealth, but also the one and the vegan. Um, that protection piece was there one to protect the fabric a bit more. But later with the new book skates, it it kind of seemed like a bit pointless to to be there because the the leather is so strong. Um, I fall a lot, and it's real, all still intact. You know, I'm falling a lot on on concrete, yeah. and and the new big stuff crazy. is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy how strong that leather is. Amazing. Um, actually, and then we'll come to another point. Uh, but but first, let me say, um, so we we couldn't change the way of uh, mounting the skate, basically, because. Um, yeah, we create the shell, and then we create the upper, basically, which is the leather part or the vegan part, uh, together with the lining. And then it's being pulled over the shell, and then um, it's glued. So it's basically put together, and then uh, it, it can cure. Um, and then the leather is being pulled around the shell, basically. Um, and then we have to kind of um, make this edge look really nice so basically that's why we came up with like the extra piece uh, on the t- on yeah on the front now with the new design because at some countries where it was hot or whatever the glue would become active again and because everything is heat moldable as well as the glue basically otherwise it wouldn't work um, sometimes people would complain that their expensive skate like this front piece came a bit loose um, so normally if somebody would complain, we would say like, hey, you can take him to like a shoemaker and then he would fix it, uh, no problem. And then people would ask, like, why don't you stitch it? But basically to stitch this, you would need to buy a machine. I think it was like 15,000 euros we checked um, that could stitch through the carbon as well and in a really difficult spot. Um, so 15,000 euros was like a bit much at the time. I was like, oh, all right. Um, so we decided not to do it, but then we decided to uh, change the design, how we mount the skates, basically. So now the new skates are basically all pieces are stitched on or sewn on. And then the skin that is uh, has an excess material on the bottom, it's get it gets cut off. So it's fully flush with the with the shell, and then basically we put like a sort of a shock uh, absorbing material in between, and that glues it all like together basically. And yeah, it was just it's a simple idea, and it and it really works. So the skate is fully flush now, 
there's no excess leather going under it, basically um, not warping the sole plate or just keeping everything really nice and tidy. Um, and the advantage is that if you would fall on it, like there is nothing that just can come loose anymore. So yeah, that's a, a good uh, improvement, I would say, for the new collection. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot of hard work and thinking about it, but yeah. <laughs> finally figured it out. Uh, is that, did you say the other thing that you wanted to say about about the skin? You said, "Oh, there's something I'll come to in a second. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, we uh, decided like so. Sam Woods uh, had skated his uh, stealth for. I think almost two years. Uh, I don't know why. We always were like, hey, man, we're going to build you. You're going to get a prototype. And we, we kept talking about it. And then I was like, it's not ready yet. And I kept, I don't know, it, it never happened. So basically, he had been skating his stealth for two years. And on the final inspection, we checked it. And, like, the leather was still, like, full-on proper, like, after two years, and Sam is skating almost every day, basically, um, street and park. So, and the like, carbon's still good. It's not. It's not sort of floppy. What? And the carbon too. The shell's still good. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. every basically, you just always good. add the parts. Like for example, the the bolt protector. We would change it. He comes over for coffee. Take a look at his skates. I would always replace stuff like. Hey, you need new sole plates. I would always swap it out, and and so basically, it always looked like he had new skates, but it was two years long the same skate yeah. with new parts, new colors, whatever. Um, but yeah, that was a big test, to be honest. Um, and and we realized the leather at some parts, like it was two millimeters thick, but at some parts it's like two layers. That's four millimeters of leather, um, just like. That is, that's a lot of bulk and weight also because leather is pretty heavy to be honest um, so we talked to the company that makes the leather for us here in Holland and they said if you want we can shave off some extra leather like a layer I mean, instead of 2 millimeters, we make it uh, 1.3 so for Semi's new skate, uh, that was he took it with him uh, to tour in uh, San Diego. Um, he had a new skate with the new leather, a, a, a tryout basically, and he was so amazed by it. He was like, "It one, it feels a lot lighter, which is true." And then he said, the "Responsiveness because of this leather, like it, it kind of it didn't need to break in, mm -hmm. so it felt already like solid out of the box, uh, which was really." good to hear and yeah he was just when he came back from the trip he was like just go ahead with this because this is amazing and uh, it is still as durable it's still as strong um, because after all those years uh, we never had anybody saying like hey I'm through the letter because it never I don't think it ever happened to be honest um, so yeah, like um, we we saved uh, quite a lot of weight on the new Brutale, and um, the Rivale is uh, the vegan, so that's the same material. But we finally like hit the nail, like again, like that's the vegan leather we have right now is is very good. It's like really high quality, and we're really happy with it. So we're sticking with this for for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. So you guys used to have the hyperscape. 
And then you said the GTO is the greatest skate, the skate to end all skates. The uh, this is uh, <laughs> so this is this is the end of 1918, the war to end all wars, the GTO, and and now we yeah. see that the GTO and the GT, they're kind mm-hmm. of. They know where the hyperscape was, and we now have the Superleggera, which is like the World War Two yeah. of, um, of yeah, yeah. Now, now. This is the new masterpiece, and and it's yeah. it's. Um, uh, so I, I guess we need to talk about about this new skate, and then maybe we mm-hmm. can finish commenting a little bit on the, the the process, the strange process of whether anybody can get it, how they can get it. Because that's that's unusual as well. So so yeah. so I thought the GTO was the best thing in the world. So what? It is. What happened? Um, so let's let's compare it to this. Um, so you you want to get a, a very nice sports car, right? So um, basically, you're you're buying, uh, for example, whatever style you're into. You're you're getting a Ferrari, for example. Um, so that's basically the GTO. So it's it's the top of the range um, compared to any other uh, competitor, basically. Um, as towards, um, I wouldn't say a mass production because it's it is not. Of course, it is not. But you know, you can just order it. You know, you can order it. We have a couple of shops that sell it, and they do really well. Um, it's been our best-selling skate since a couple of years already. Um, so yeah, people really like it, and it's a solid, good skate. So that being said, if you want to buy the ultimate Ferrari, which is basically comes around every ten years, they had the uh, the two eighty-eight GTO, they had the the F forty, the F fifty, then the Enzo, and now the La Ferrari. Basically there's a certain type of customer that that gets these cars you know you cannot walk into a shop and be like hey i'll get a new ferrari that they make every 10 years you know and they're limited um so basically only the good customers can buy these skates um which is a good thing because if they fall into the wrong hands you know you have to kind of appreciate one the brand um, you have to appreciate what the brand is doing, and then you also have to have a bit of knowledge of how the skates are reacting, or you know, you have to be familiar with with the product already, kind of. And that's the thing with, for example, a GTO. The ideal customer for a Superleggera is the customer that already has a GTO, because they know what to expect. And then they will get whatever is beyond that. So they could compare it the best, basically. And this is what uh, made me decide. Like, so to produce the the Superleggera, it's 100% passion for me. I'm not doing this to make a lot of money. I'm just doing it because I love to do this. I love to work with carbon, making skates. And yeah, it's you have to tell me your story, and then I'll give you my story basically. So I'll give you what I've been building all these years, and yeah. So a little bit like if you have, have some friends years. come to stay at your house, and uh, and Olga, you say she's a chef, so she goes, "Oh, I'll cook," 
and and if you're just going to be watching a movie and these friends they just you know they're happy with anything then she's not going to be starting to do something that takes two or three days to prepare because they're just going to be chewing on it while they're it's it's not insult to those friends you you still love the friends but you're not going to be spending three days in the kitchen preparing getting up early to set something to rise if they're just not going to appreciate it that that would that's no sense to anybody. Um, but if you have some friends you know, they like good food, they can taste good food, they enjoy good wine, you go to the cellar, bring out the good wine, yeah. you take the time of the meal because yeah. you know it's everybody yeah. will appreciate it. Yeah. And for, for those people, those customers, it's not about the money. So it's not about the money. And for me, it's also not about the money. But I cannot make it $500 uh, or euro because I would be living a, a crazy life and always making... <laughs> All these skates, which I kind of want to do, but in when when I feel like it, you know, when 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 I'm having a good day, I'll work on it. We'll have a fully documented history on me building your skate. Yeah, um, you'll have like uh, they will come with Polaroids, like old school vibe, where I actually take pictures <laughs> of the process. Yeah, I will write a message on these pictures, like, hey, this is what I'm doing right now. Basically, you're buying into the Adept brand on a on the highest level, and which I like. You know, I, I collect uh, motorbikes. You and, just you just um, want um, Fast and Furious Ten to have people on the Superleggera, <laughs> don't you? That's that's what you want. <laughs> F ten Superleggera Adept. <laughs> so you don't have to. Uh, that's also the thing. You don't have to own an Adept. Um, but I want to know what your level is at, of what, what your expectations are yeah. for a skate, for example. Um, because we had some stuff in the past where like, people bought GTO because they saw like Bill Stoppard on, on YouTube on it. And, and they had this idea that they could skate the same with it. Like, but, you know, it, it doesn't come with uh, experience. <laughs> like... but sometimes it's weird and I kind of did this to protect myself and also protect the customer but for now I think my list is kind of already semi full Um, well done that's amazing yeah even before we released it basically (laughs) a lot of people knew about it and, and that's you know that's the thing like when you're a customer and you, you've been really nice to us, we're going to be the same to you. Yeah. So we're going to, people know us then, and we have been going through emails. Um, I have some, some families. That's amazing. Like all the stuff I get, I get like Christmas cards and from customers that are really happy. And yeah. that for me, that's why I'm doing this. Like well, man, I, have, I, I feel, I feel like I'm a very call. small customer for you guys, very small customer, and I still feel that. Yeah, so I still feel you treat me. Treat me as a valued customer, even though uh, you're not you're not getting much from me, and and that's great. But that's that's not, that's not even the thing. Yeah. You, you can buy one adept and be one of our favorite customers. It is, it's the vibe we get from you, and yeah. if if that's cool, and you're fully like, uh, what I really like about, uh, for example, doing like this with you, is you research all that stuff, and that's what I like to like. I geek on all this stuff, and then when somebody. <laughs> Does an interview with me, and he's like, for for example, not prepared to <laughs> to ask me solid questions and give my brain like a good squeeze. Yeah, yeah, 
I, I prefer it when you, you, you send me stuff like, hey, I'm searching on the website and this, and I'm like, that's perfect. That's what I like, you know, and that's, um, yeah. But we have some really nice customers. Like uh, most of the customers we have are really great. Like, yeah, I kind of all kind of want to love them uh, basically, but we have some customers. We have one um, girl in the U.S., who just bought like uh, last year's uh, GTO Speciale, and now they like they're into cars and whatever. And and they, she sends me these pictures like, hey, this is the family going out on the skates, and and then they show me these pictures of their car collection. And I'm like, well, this is this is really cool because yeah, nice. they get what I'm trying to do, and then it's amazing. So yeah, yeah, I feel a lot of support with this basically, and you know. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. Um, yeah, but then the GTO is still the ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> the Ferrari example yeah, is very helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a it's a very solid skate. I, I love the GTO. The way it looks, it's for me when I see it, somebody skating with it, I'm like, mm, that that skate looks like how it should look. You know, it's like um, if I would compare the the GTO next to the the Superleggera, it's basically. The GTO is like the classy, super sleek, nice, all-rounded skate. And then basically the Superleggera is the full-on, you're going to a track day race mm. mode skate, which is, it has no skin on it. It's like bare carbon and it just looks so mean. Oh, man. And yeah, it, it's a, it's different, you know. Yeah. It's and it's not for everybody, but the the ones that want it, you know, they, they know why they want it. Yeah, so. man, I'm gonna have to go in a sec, but a couple of quick things before I go. Uh, so, yeah. so first thing, uh, just so people can understand the process for the Superleggera, just as people just talk mm -hmm. about it, understand what you're trying to do. Um, mm -hmm. So you've already explained the you deciding who gets it. That's been explained. It's helpful. Uh, the deposit thing, do, do people who are not accepted lose their deposit in the process? Yes. No. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, no, no. So basically it's, um, so me and my friend uh, Yorma, who's, who's skating the Superleggeros as well, um, we came up with this idea like, um, what if there is like a lot of people they show interest but they never go through with it yeah and that's basically taking quite a lot of my time which yeah. is it is fine like i'm okay with answering a lot of questions for sure no problem but if you're doing like i don't know like 10 to 20 emails going back and forth on like yeah. hey want to buy the skate and then basically it's like yeah i'll, I'll maybe like get it in two years or whatever yeah. I don't know. Like that's a bit like um, I don't know. It's that that's hard sometimes. And then so basically we came up with the idea like people that are really committed they'll put down the the, the deposit, and then um, we are sure that they're not joking around. So and it's not about the money again. But then if if it doesn't work out, man, we're happy to give it back. Like you get the full amount back, of course. Like we're not gonna steal your money because it doesn't work out like but we need to see like that's also you have to fill in like a sort of small form where we just have a bit of uh, knowledge from you because yeah. online we don't know who our customers are sometimes so maybe somebody is in it for the he's just started skating and he wants to buy the most expensive skate but maybe we feel like hey is that a good idea? Uh, I don't know. So we can talk with the customer 
Um, so that's that's the only thing. So basically, you you put down a deposit, and then we go from there. Yeah. In case that it doesn't work out, and in the end you'll be like, oh yeah, maybe that's not for me. Cool. Like good friends, and we're we're still good. And then you just get the money back, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then the me, me saying no to somebody. Let's be honest. It's I. It has to be like a re- really weird case for me to say no, but it's also easy for me to say, for example, if I'm going on a skate tour, yep. I don't want to have this buildup of I have to still make ten pairs in two weeks, you know. Yeah. So for me, it's a, a safe zone to be like, hey, I can make it for you. Yes, you're on the list, but it could take. And I would give you like a sort of date, you know, I would, it could take two months because, you know, I'm working. And I, then the, the customer knows because instead of just always emailing me like, hey, is it finished? Is it this? Because that's not the idea behind this case. So. And then the, then the last thing, uh, <laughs> um, let me tell you, uh, you know what's coming. Let me tell you if I've understood you properly. You've got this line, and you say, "Yeah, you remove the liner. I'll never sell you an Adapt brand skate again." Uh, <laughs> you can't really remove the liner anyway. That would be really hard to do. You'd be an idiot to spend yeah. this much money and then remove the liner anyway. Uh, so, it, really, it's not going to happen anyway. Um, yeah. But well, well, someone removing the liner would be a little bit like someone buying one of these Ferraris, then going to the toilet in it and setting it on fire. Yeah. Why would yeah, Ferrari yeah. want to sell you another one of their cars again if you go to the toilet in it and set it on fire? It's it's yeah. just like what are you doing? Is that is that that's what you're saying, right? That's what I'm saying. And actually, the the thing that you're saying is correct. Try to look and find tuned Ferraris. You might not find any or not a lot, and it's because they're protecting their brand. So the same I try to do with Adapt. So basically. You could take out the liner yourself, but that would be just a, kind of like a, a sort of disgrace to me because I put in, it's it's built to be one piece. It's built to be one skate. For example, an intuition liner wouldn't even fit in. Believe me, we tested, we tried. And it's like, you're not gonna put in a liner that is 15 euros to produce into a skate that is like all handcrafted with actual knowledge and like a lot of work put into it to to have a complete package so i had the questions before that's why i'm saying this actually i had people saying like hey can i buy the shell only because they like modifying stuff and that's fine you know but then you have to find another shell you have to do something else that's mac and pc yeah exactly it's like this is made how it how it's supposed to be and then um, yeah, I would love that people would respect it. And the customers that bought it right now, they all respect and love it. The people that tried it just put down a deposit immediately. So they were like, okay, well, this is crazy. So, yeah. But it's mostly coming from the aggressive industry. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it, and I, I cannot, I, I'm, I'm not like... Um, People are free to do like kind of what they what they want, but I'm free as well. So, yeah, yeah, it would be a shame to do something like this. To be honest, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and especially if if they haven't tried it, like 
Yeah. How would you want to put in an aftermarket liner if you haven't tried the original one? So, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm sorry I've got to go. Uh, much respect, no much appreciation for what you do. Um, thank you for giving the time so soon after Winter Clash um, to spread the word and uh, wish you every success over the next year. Cool. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, have a great uh, show. And, <laughs> yeah, I wish you a lot of success as well. So Thanks, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know when the um, podcast episode is up online. Cool. All right. Catch Bye. you later. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps.